Hello, I am here with Orsolia Fixer, a graduate fellow of anthropology at the Stevenson Center for Applied Community and Economic Development. Welcome, Orsolia. I'm happy to be here. Orsolia holds a bachelor's degree in anthropology from the University of North Texas and served as an AmeriCorps member of City Year Dallas. She is currently completing her graduate fellowship at the East Central Illinois Area Agency on Aging. That is a mouthful. Yep. <laughs> Orsolia, why don't you tell us about your experience in City Year Dallas? Um, what were the most challenging and most rewarding aspects of your service? So serving in City Year was an interesting and eye-opening experience. I served as a mentor and tutor to students in sixth grade, and my day-to-day work involved facilitating individual and group tutoring sessions in English and language arts, as well as social-emotional learning and checking on attendance and things like that. Um, The students were amazing, bright, and talented young people, and it was so rewarding to be able to build positive connections with them. Right. But the most challenging part for me was looking at the big picture of how there are just these major societal structures that fail these communities. And the young people who live in them, um, you know, it's, it's really sad to see how much society is failing them, and it was hard to, like try to see where us as AmeriCorps members kind of fit into that and how we're affecting their lives. Wow. Yeah. Um, How did you cope with those challenges on a daily basis? It was really a matter of reflecting on what I was seeing and hearing and talking to my team members about it. Our team, like most city or teams, was very diverse, not just in terms of racial identity, but also in things like personality and life experiences. My team members always had unique ideas to share. So for example, if I was having trouble working with a student, they would give me advice on how to approach them in a different way. So for example, if they were misbehaving, um, I tended to be more loose and be like, oh, (laughs) kind of like play around with that Mm -hmm. um, or play along with it. But then it was a balance because if you let kids off too easy, then they wouldn't take you seriously as a Mm. disciplinary figure. But then if you were too disciplinary, then they wouldn't like you because you were mean and not seeing where they're coming from. So it was a balancing act. Um, We also reflected a lot on a role within the school setting. It was interesting to work together with the teachers in the building because they gave us valuable insight into what the community goes through and why certain students might be struggling more than others. Um, So it was a constant learning curve because what worked for one student did not work for another. Right. And it was important to allow ourselves to take time to process our day, like our day-to-day work, and learn to see our families, or sorry, our failures, as opportunities (laughs) for growth. Um, And City Year was really big on encouraging a growth mindset. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it. Um, How do you think the experience compares to the expectations of it? I honestly did not know what to expect. I came into the experience with some knowledge about structural racism and cultural humility. um, And that was all from my anthropology background during my undergrad years. Um, So I expected that the hands-on experience would be really beneficial in training me to turn that knowledge into action. And I knew it would be a major learning experience, especially because I had no prior experience working with kids. Um, I knew it was going to be challenging, but I wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone as an introvert and do something to serve others. 
I wanted to take what I learned from anthropology and use it to add to people's well-being in some way. And City Year seemed like the perfect opportunity. So the actual experience did meet my expectations. That's amazing. Um, what lessons did you gain from the experience? Um, quite a few. Um, but the biggest thing is it was a very humbling experience for me. On one hand, I was angry about how everything we did seemed like a band-aid solution for mm. structural problems. But on the other hand, it really helped me reflect on my privilege and how I can be an ally for social justice while holding myself accountable for the way I interact with diverse people. I also learned a lot about team dynamics and how important it is to find a balance between using your voice to take up space, but also taking a step back to learn from others. And another big lesson for me was to ask questions and have difficult conversations because that discomfort is where growth happens. Very insightful. Um, how did you find out about the Stevenson Center? So the Stevenson Center is a partner of City Year. So um, one day I just got to work early in the morning and was sitting in my car and looking at my emails and I received an email about the opportunity. Um, it seemed like the perfect fit for me. I was kind of unsure at the time what I wanted to do after city year, but I knew that I wanted to go to graduate school eventually and find a way to apply my anthropological knowledge to the real world situations. Um, so I enrolled in the Applied Community and Economic Development Program because I wanted to process my experiences from city year through academic research and explore ways to challenge the injustices that disadvantaged communities face in the most culturally sensitive ways I can. Wow. Okay. Um, I have to know, tell us about your experiences in graduate school so far. Well, it's been quite an experience. It's not easy. It's a lot of work. Um, the first year consisted of pretty intense academic work. It is an accelerated program. So Stevenson Center Fellows take on a larger workload in their first year versus other grad students who have two years to complete their degree. So there's not a lot of free time. Usually you get up early, you, uh, you know, just write essays and then go to your um, teaching, your teaching assistantship where you're probably sitting in in a class and you're kind of helping your um, partner professor to either run the class or grade papers. So you do have to be present for the undergrad lectures. And then you also, um, some people have to teach in like the sociology um, department and it really depends on which major you're going for. But on top of all that, you have to go to your own class in the evening and usually you're home by like 9 p.m. <laughs> and then, yeah, you just have time for bed and that is it. So it's a long day. Yep, it's a lot of work and not a lot of free time. Um, but I did take some amazing classes. My favorite one being social theory in my first semester. I'm can a big. You, can you tell us a little bit yeah. about social theory? Absolutely. So I'm a big picture type of person, and I'm in my head a lot of the time. So social theory was really cool because it pretty much is like when you're at home reading the different theories from way back in the 1800s, from when anthropology first got started, um, you're kind of in your head the whole time thinking about how, wow, like that was really not the best approach or not a good approach at all. Um, and how much anthropology has changed over time. So back then it was very colonial and it was about how can we learn about these indigenous people 
and take them over. But now anthropologists look back on that and see that 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 was a really, you know, it was a colonial way of doing things. And that definitely does not fly today, obviously. And we're working to overcome that in the work that we do. And so I really enjoyed being able to sit at home and think through these things, but then also come to class and hear other people's perspectives. So it was definitely in my comfort zone. Um, My favorite part about grad school, though, is the people I met at ISU, including staff, professors, and my cohort. They have been incredibly supportive, and I've made some lifelong friendships for sure. That's great. Um, Now, you're from the Dallas area, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So what has life been like for you um, in Bloomington Normal? It's been pretty cool, actually. Um, Coming from Dallas, so Dallas is a major urban metroplex, and I'm used to just endless highways. Mm -hmm. And, like, even the surrounding towns in, like, around Dallas are still connected to each other. So there's just barely any rural land anywhere in that metroplex so you could drive for like more more than an hour and it's just cities one after the other um so coming here it's really interesting how bloomington normal is like a town but then you drive a little bit and you're like out in the cornfields and it's more (laughs) rural um so to me it seems like a small town i know people who come from like a farm or a small farming town would see bloomington normal as more of a city To me, it seems like more of a small town, but I enjoy how it's a lot less noisy and crowded than, say, Chicago or Dallas. Right. And what really matters to me in a location is to have good friends to spend time with, and I definitely found that here. And I really um, took the time to explore the things that the Midwest has to offer, like pumpkin patches in the fall and corn mazes and apple picking and all that kind of stuff. So I've really enjoyed those sentimental things. That's great. Uh, what was your favorite thing at the pumpkin patch? Um, Man, it was just seeing how, like, you can... It was the experience of being able to go to, like, an actual place where it's coming from right. versus going to a grocery store and just buying the pumpkin because it's family owned and it feels so much more sentimental and valuable to see where that comes from. Kind of like you're helping out Mm -hmm. small business, right? Yeah, and just like making that connection to the land as opposed to being so removed from it in the city. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what What are some of your research interests? So my city year experience pretty much solid solidified my research interests. For my thesis, I interviewed City or Dallas alumni about their views on various topics like the nature of nonprofit work, um, white savior complexes, structural racism, team dynamics, all things relevant to the experiences of core members. My goal for this project is to gather these very real experiences and share it with City Year to hopefully emphasize the importance of having these conversations in service settings. How's that going so far? I mean, that's pretty intense, right? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Um, Tell us about your work at the Area Agency on Aging and how you've applied your knowledge gained from coursework in your professional practice. 
Sure. So working at the Area Agency on Aging has been a learning curve for me, and I really appreciate that. Much like how I didn't have experience working with kids going into city year, I also have no prior experience working with older adults besides being really close with my grandparents. So that was like my only real frame of reference coming into this area of work. So it's really eye-opening to learn about the challenges unique to older adults, but also to see intersections in how they too are socially marginalized. And my research skills from the classroom have been essential in working on programs that support older adults. That's fantastic. Um, Can you tell us about a couple of projects that you've worked on this year? So far, it's been mostly about learning and getting acquainted with an office setting and learning how nonprofits operate. I really wanted to be able to see the behind the scenes part because City Year was so hands on and like being in the community working with the kids. But I didn't really get to see the administrative side and like how people establish a new city year site or how they make connections with community organizations. So working at the area agency has allowed me to see that back that behind the scenes aspect of it. And right now I'm involved with our reducing social isolation committee. And it has been really cool to meet people from different organizations that serve older adults in the community. So that includes um, not just people who work in nursing homes, but also people who work at the public library or in medical facilities and housing, the housing authority and all these different people who contribute to the community in such big ways. And I really enjoy being a part of it and making small contributions to (laughs) this amazing group. I actually invited a professor from the U of I chart. He's a visiting professor, um, but he teaches at the University of Canberra in Australia. Um, And yeah, he's really cool. And I invited him to present at one of our meetings about designing intuitive interfaces for older adults. And it was rewarding to see how much the committee engaged with the topic. And another thing I've been working on is disaster preparedness, which I enjoy because there are so many moving parts to it that it brings me a small step closer to understanding what it takes for a community to come together for a common cause. And the networking opportunities involved in this project are also really valuable for anything I choose to do in the future. Sounds like you're getting a lot, right, out of it? Yeah, definitely. It's been, I feel like I'm learning more than I'm contributing sometimes, but I'm really grateful for that because the more I learn, the more I can contribute. Right, absolutely. (laughs) So uh, what would you say your next steps are? Um, As of right now, I'm not really sure. My experiences so far have really showed me how far away we are from an equitable society. Mm -hmm. So the possibilities for being a part of those efforts are endless. Right. But I also have a a passion for the arts, which I have yet to explore because, you know, ever since I graduated high school, I've always thought, like, I shouldn't pursue the arts because what are the odds of making it in the arts? Right, absolutely. Yeah, so I always felt like I had to do something applied and more hands-on, and even anthropology was one of those things that... Um, people would say, oh, you can't do anything with that because you're just sitting around reading and writing some paper about some culture somewhere in the world. But I've learned that there's so much that an anthropologist can contribute to the world. Absolutely. Yeah. So I definitely want to continue down that path in some way. And my hopes for the future are that I can in some way combine my passion for service and the arts. Uh, Do you have any closing thoughts or advice for prospective students? 
My advice would be to just move forward. I know that sounds very open and vague, but you're going to have to make a decision about your future sooner or later. So definitely choose wisely. Um, but if you find an opportunity that you believe will set you up for success in the future, it's worth exploring. Um, graduate school does take an enormous amount of mental and emotional energy. So if you're not really sure if you want to go to grad school, but there's a program that's like perfect for you, think it through and talk to your loved ones about it and, you know, see if that's something you see yourself doing. But also take solace in the idea that even if you do go through with the grad program and then you discover that you want to do something else after, you know that everything you gain from your grad program will set you up for success in whatever you choose to do about the future or in the future. So yeah, if you change your mind down the road, it's okay. And just keep moving forward. That's great advice. This has been a podcast with Orsolia Fixer, Fixor, sorry, graduate fellow of anthropology at the Stevenson Center for Applied Community and Economic Development.